This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Third down and six. Slaps the hand, stops the foot, takes the step. Four-man rush. He's pressured. He throws down the middle. Pass is picked off. Coming back up the field is Robert Alford. Alford 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, and he will walk. Into the end zone on it. On a pick six from the GOAT. (laughs) Yes, what other talk show in America opened its program today honoring the now-retired Tom Brady by playing his pick six from that famous Super Bowl Patriots versus Falcons. Welcome in, everybody, to Gwen and Chris. We're the show that does that. It is Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., and Matt Scraby, who is happy to find that clip and uh, open the program with it today. Gwen and Chris show gets underway here for a Wednesday. We will be here for the next four hours talking about everything going on in the world of sports. And yes, indeed, guys, Tom Brady, for the second February 1st in a row, announces that he is retiring. It was exactly one year ago today that he announced he was retiring before changing his mind 40 days later and returning to play this past season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Brady says this time it's for good. Tony, do you believe him? I do. I do. I, I scraby as scraby rolls his eyes at me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, he's he's I, he's not he's thinking there's some sort of conspiracy. Yeah, no, 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 no conspiracy at all. No conspiracy at all. I think I, I I don't know. I'm just reading his face. It seemed like it was uh he had come to the he had finally convinced himself that it was time. Now I guess the countdown begins, right? T minus 40 days from now. I I didn't even put together that it was a year to the day of him announcing his retirement last year. Does that 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 conjure up some other thoughts? Yes, it does. (laughs) Uh, You know what also conjures up some other thoughts is that this new great movie, 80 for Brady, is coming out in two days, guys. Is that like his production company or something? No, that's the movie. No, I I understand that, but it's just a movie about him. I mean, is he Yeah, it's made by Paramount Pictures. Like, he sold his likeness to it, and and he he produced it. So he's already got paid about it. Oh, he produced it? Oh, yeah. Oh, so this is his movie. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it's really, really strange how this happens. Well, uh, Brady won his six Super Bowls with the Patriots, of course, one with the Buccaneers. He retires as the greatest of all time. The GOAT. 89,000-plus career passing yards, 649 touchdown passes. How many league MVPs did Tom Brady win in his illustrious career, would you say, off the top of your head? Three. Three? Maybe one. One. 
No, he won three. I thought you were going to say higher than that. No. Uh, he was a three-time league MVP. No congratulations over here? And uh, Yeah, very good, <laughs> no congratulations probably, over here. Nice work, Scrape. Thanks, very thanks. good, Scrape. You got something right. Uh, anyway, uh, Fox uh, Television Sports will now welcome in Tom Brady, if indeed he does stay with his retirement. He uh, switches right over to a 10-year $375 million contract with Fox to become their lead analyst on the National Football League. Uh, I, I got to say, I thought there was a pretty good chance that he would come back next year. I wonder what spurred him to this final decision. I don't know. I guess we'll find out as the time goes on here. But his announcement was a little strange. Basically, he held up a phone and selfied his announcement sitting somewhere on a beach. Here's what it sounded like. Hold on. No, we tried to. We thought it was going to line up perfectly. No, because I'm. It's because I have to accept my login on the app to uh, get in, yeah. and so. Yeah, I mean that's part of the. I mean maybe it's 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 that particular part that convinces me that it's real. I mean the. This the, wasn't a staged press conference. The, the, yeah, no, the back. This was Tom Brady walking alone on a beach, going, "Now's the time." Yeah, it seems. It seems like everything in the backdrop is like sad. It's like a overcast in the back. It's super windy. I feel like it, they should have that He's, song, you know, that plays during those dog commercials in the background, like the really sad song "Angel" by <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> I but, have it now. All right, let's play. It. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point. Right away, I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever, there's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. I right, thank you, Tom. Uh, we're <laughs> not as loved with you as you are with us, but uh, we appreciate you uh, making it clear that today is the day. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, the G-O-A-T, uh, so who's the GOAT now in the National Football League? I mean, maybe there is no GOAT There's no officially, goat. Yeah. but somebody's got to take the mantle as the uh, the greatest player in the National Football League. Does it fall to Patrick Mahomes? Does Aaron Rodgers get to hold it for a, a year or two before he passes it <laughs> on to Patrick Mahomes? Uh, it seems like we have to always have one, but uh, I think the, the word goat is overused. And it is it, now. Yeah, it is. I mean, Brady, LeBron James, I mean, on and on the, it goes. The, the, great, the greatest of all time is a singular position. Yeah, that's one and person. We got we got far too many goats Yeah, Jerry Rice here. is a goat. Tom Brady is a goat. Right. You know, now, I mean, if we're if we're classifying at positions, fine, I I, I can get on with that. We'll give but, you that, but uh, yeah, Tom Brady's uh, he is one of a kind, whether you liked him or hated him. Uh, I mean, the guy uh, the guy had more success than any player in the history of the National Football League, and um, he has been named Super Bowl MVP five times in his career. And we were talking about this. You know, it, it depends on how you want to look at it, but. 
he's one of the the more fortunate players in NFL history. Um, as they say, uh, luck is the residue of design and preparation, or they say something like that. Uh, you know, he was the beneficiary of the Tuck Rule game. He was the beneficiary of the Marlon McCree fumble here in San Diego. He was the beneficiary of the Seahawks calling a stupid slant pattern on the one-yard line instead of handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Which I have heard was a Russell Wilson call, by the way. Uh, Uh, Thank you. you. Here we go. Uh, He was the beneficiary of the Falcons collapsing unlike any other team in the history of the sport. So, you know, he he maybe won three more Super Bowls than he could have. He beat the... He beat the Panthers on a last-second field goal in the Super Bowl. He beat the Rams on a last-second field goal in the Super Bowl. But he also was the guy that drove his team into position. And I I, I don't think you can really take any of it away from him. I mean, he accomplished what he accomplished. Um, You could almost make the argument on the other side that he could have won more. If Peyton Manning wasn't in the way to take a couple of those AFC titles away from him and the, the Eagles don't, you know, Flash Philly special on the final play of the first half. Maybe he's got I mean, nine not, Super Bowl titles not only, instead of seven. Not only that, I mean, just think of the competition he had to go through. He was going through a Steelers team that was extremely good. He went through a Ravens team that had Ray Lewis on there a few times. I think they were two and two in the four matchups they had. Uh, you mentioned Peyton Manning had to overcome that, so he he had some some stiff. Competition, at least from the AFC standpoint, yeah, um, that he, he was that he was going through while he was getting that. Yeah, he really did. I mean, the AFC was stacked at that time, and if you look at the Patriots, they never took the well, I wouldn't say never, but they didn't always take the easiest. No, route no that's right, that's right. To the Super Bowl. Right. I know he won two AFC Championship games in Pittsburgh, so they were the underdog, the road team, and he pulled off victories a couple of different times in Pittsburgh to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, look, I, I mean, I don't really think it would be one if there was an argument, if we could sit here and say, well, Brady retired today, so now really, who's the greatest of all time? But there's really no discussion to be had. No. I mean, he's it. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess little LeBron James in football, Jordan in basketball. I mean, LeBron James in football. LeBron James, Jordan in basketball. Baseball, does baseball, I mean, Willie Mays, who's the GOAT in baseball? It's, you know, it's, it's interesting it's, because there's a lot distorted. of different... It's been distorted. It's been distorted a little bit. I mean, there was a lot of lot of a uh, lot of support for Babe Ruth in the you know in the first half of the of the 20th century, but uh, you know, you and I have talked about that a, a bunch of times. Babe did not play in an era where all the players were allowed to be participating. Yeah, uh, Willie Mays does seem like he kind of carries the mantle uh, as the he's certainly the greatest living play living player. Um, but baseball doesn't have a, a, a defined goat like well, it, Gretzky it, in hockey. It changed, MJ, right? MJ Brady. I think the the um, the emergence of the new statistics have have if if fogged it up a little bit, right? Yeah. It's not as easy to determine that right now. Um, if Barry, but bon, if Barry, if Barry Bonds bon- wasn't in, if, if he wasn't uh, caught up in all of that steroid, thing, I don't think there'd be a question. There wouldn't be much of a question, no, right? You're I mean, right. Seven hundred and what sixty three home runs? Seven sixty two. It's a lot. It's funny how I can remember Babe Ruth at seven fourteen and Hank Aaron hit seven fifty five, but I can never remember how many Barry Bonds hit. Um, anyway, so that's the big news of the day. Uh, we will uh, honor Brady a little bit further in our rate the radio call a little bit later in the program. But 
I thought it'd be fun to play the opening clip of that pick six. People forget that he threw a pick six in that Falcons game, which contributed to the deficit that he and the Patriots faced that day, which eventually grew to 28-3 to before Brady rallied his team to a an improbable Super Bowl victory, one of the seven, seven titles that he won. I mean, think about that for a second. If Patrick Mahomes wins a second in a couple of weeks against Philadelphia – he elevates to being one of the great quarterbacks ever, it, it, and that's just with winning his second. It was interesting because that was one of the conversation of, of who steps. You were talking about who steps into maybe not the greatest of all time, but who is next in line or has or is at least on a on a path to to equal what Tom Brady is. And the answer is Patrick Mahomes. If he's able to win one, right, another one at what twenty seven? I think he is right now. Yeah, I mean, he's is he that old? I think so. I think he's. I know he's the oldest he's of the. the yeah, he's oldest the old, of, he was the oldest of the quarterbacks <laughs> that were left over at the end. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes has got a chance. I mean, he's got at least fifteen years if he wants to play that long. You know, I think that's the question that you have to ask yourself: is who is who's likely to come along and challenge Brady's seven Super Bowl championships? The, the, I think we've already found that. What Mahomes? Yeah. I mean that's it. That's I mean, it. Yeah. No. The, the other the other thing you have to think about is is you talking about Tom being fortunate in and from the standpoint of the ball going bouncing his way, so to speak. But also he was fortunate enough to have a franchise that even when they didn't have skilled positions, they always had a line that always kept his health outside of the year. That he tore his knee up, and the following year they put in the Brady rule to kind of eliminate those type of things to tackle, to tackle that that low. Yeah, he had an organization that understood that that allowed him to play that long because they protected him, regardless of what the outside weapons looked like. He was always protected for yeah. the most part. You know, coming from it, uh, coming at it from a Dolphins angle. You know, you would think that I really despise Tom Brady because he's caused me nothing but anguish my entire <laughs> life as a Dolphins fan. But he's not a guy I don't think that you can hate, and unless you're Scraby. No, I agree. You know, I mean, he's he he does he's did everything the right way. He was he was a uh, uh, an honest and uh, and reliable competitor. I don't ever wait. Well, wait, honest. I mean, yeah, we got the flake game. Take it back. <laughs> we got a lot of other stuff. Wow. He did. He did look for an edge. <laughs> no, no doubt he looked I, for an edge. I just want to make it clear that I do appreciate the greatness of I don't Tom think Brady. You do. No, I do. I do. And his video. I know I was joking a little bit earlier about him not r- really retiring, but it does sound like he is actually retiring because he had that. And I appreciate him saying you're you only get one long essay retirement. <laughs> I, and I, I knew you would like that part. Because yeah, because he is acknowledging that he has done this before. So I know I'm a, I know I joked before, but I do appreciate his his message to us today. All right. Well, Tom Brady announces his retirement at the age of 45. We'll kick that subject around as the program goes along today. Plenty of other things to discuss, including an Aztec loss last night in Reno to the Nevada Wolf Pack. We'll pick up the conversation on that here shortly. Also, uh, Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post will join us today. We will talk about uh, the goings-on in Denver uh, surrounding, of course, the uh, owner of the Colorado Rockies and the disparaging remarks that uh, Richard Monfort made uh, in the direction of the San Diego Padres. I'm looking forward to getting a Denver uh, Denver feel for that. Can, uh, we, can we talk uh, football with him, too? 
I haven't asked him yet. Okay. Well, see if we can talk a little football. They did hire Sean Payton as well, so there's a lot going on in Denver right Don't now. Don't be so angry about it, Chris. It is angry. Was I <laughs> you were angry? like, well, you should ask him. <laughs> he didn't say that. He I did didn't not say, say that, that at all. I said, well, then That's what Scraby heard in his ear. No, isn't that something? I didn't say that at all. <laughs> okay, fine. Replay the tape. You, <laughs> okay, I will. You want to get mad at me for stuff that I do, that's fine, but don't get mad at me for stuff <laughs> fair, that I don't do. Fair enough. Uh, rate the radio call, as I mentioned, it'll be a little bit later on. Also, our regular segments, The Daily Gambit, Chris vs. The Fans, The Big Five, it's all coming your way between now and 6 o'clock. Gwen and Chris underway for a Wednesday afternoon on Sandy Goes Numero Uno, Sports Talk Radio Station 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 222 on the clock. Chris Sello, myself, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. Shout out to uh, Nick Cannibal. I ran into him today. Well, I didn't run into him. You know, when you go to the doctor, you have to wear a mask. Okay. So my wife and I had a doctor's appointment, our our normal checkup we get this time of year. How'd you do? Great. Passed with flying colors. With flying colors. Beautiful. Um, and I sat down in the waiting room, and I'm looking across. I'm like, guy looks awfully like Nick Canepa. That guy's a dead yeah. ringer for Nick Canepa. And he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. But neither of us are willing to. You're not to, sure. <laughs> we got masks he's on our face. We don't on. know. Yeah. And so uh, I go back for my appointment. I come back out. Nick and uh, Mrs. Canepa have left, or at least they're with their appointment. Right. And my wife goes, "Hey." Uh, Nick, uh, I was like, Nick Canepa? He was like, yeah. He just came over and introduced himself and blah, blah, blah. Uh, he, was, he was upset that he didn't approach you. I was like, I thought that was him. I should have went and approached him. And then, you know, I, I'm sitting in the waiting room for my wife to get out. And his wife, Mrs. Canepa, comes out, introduces herself. Um, and he never, I never got a chance to actually say hello and acknowledge him that he was there. But So you never saw Nick? I never, never talked, I, I never to, Nick talked to Nick Canepa. But so, you're shouting out to him now. I'm shouting out to him. Say, Nick, 
I thought that was you, but I wasn't 100% sure. I got to so tell I'm you sorry. something. There was a night in uh, Las Vegas when I was there many years ago for the Mountain West Conference tournament, and I ended up closing a bar down with Nick Canepa. It was in my Diet Coke drinking days, <laughs> so I was able to last all night. I'm but... sure they loved you at the bar, <laughs> not really. getting Coke. the free Diet Coke. They've never liked me at a bar. They have never liked me at a bar. Like, sir, so are you actually going to order anything, or are you just going to keep going to keep Diet ordering Cokes? waters you and Diet Coke? You want to fill that Cokes. up, please, for me? Thank you very much. But uh, I counted among my favorite nights ever, just sitting there listening to Nick Canepa tell old stories. Yeah, he's a legend. It was just classic. And... Uh, Nick Canepa was the guy who got me reinterested in, uh, in um, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking out, but uh, what is what is a uh, a hamburger that's on a sourdough bun? It's not a not in a burger. Scraby. Scraby. I've, I've never heard of it. Uh, a melt? Yeah, a patty melt. Patty oh, melt. Okay. okay. Patty melt. Of course, the fat guy in the show knows. Yeah, you knew that. Thank you, Scraby, for saving me. I was lost. I was like, sourdough no, I was bread, at, I was at burger. the same hotel, and Nick Canepa came up to the, the, the front of the line and ordered a patty melt. And I'm saying, a patty melt? Who gets a patty melt anymore? And he goes, oh, they're delicious. You got They it. are delicious. And, and you know what? He Ever reintroduced then, it. He reintroduced it to me, and now nothing but patty melts whenever I can get one. You would so. love Steak and Shake, then. Steak, oh, steak and Shake has oh, patty melts. Patty melt yeah. Yeah. They don't have any Steak and Shakes no, out this no, way. It's a Midwest thing. Is it in Arizona? I, no. Yeah, yeah, there's one in Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Oh, Chris, you need to go to hey, Steak and Shake. let me shake tell then. you, man. That Part of, part of you know, as a as a as an old-school foodie, uh, one of the best parts about playing Major League Baseball is the all the, different regions, all the different regions. Steak sure. and shake. A Culver's is another oh, one. Culver's. They got the Isn't that the butter, the butter ball yeah, burger? The ba- oh. Yeah, man. All mm. right, we're getting off subject here. Mm. We're, unfortunately, we're talking. You know it. what? Let's stay off subject. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. I could use a patty melt about now. They have these, uh, this bomb like Butterfinger frosty shake thing that they have there. Man. Oh, wait. Hold on. Good times. I, I think this is the perfect time for mm, mm, mm. Mm, Indeed it is. All right. Give uh, me some of that meat. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some and meat. Pickles. I'm an original Fruit Loops guy. Uh, Apparently, Tony has talked a lot, a lot about of food. food, right? Uh, <laughs> um, Look, if we didn't host a sports talk show, the only other show we could host would be one about food. It's it about the only other gobble thing we gobble about. What about the uh, the 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 this is like uh, heaven and a piece of meat? Do we still got that one? It's heaven in a piece of meat. <laughs> and we met him. We met him. He was very proud of his contribution to yeah, the show. I'm proud I, of it, too. We've kept that clip for like three or four years now. That's one of the originals. All right. Uh, back to sports biz. Not uh, on the positive side last night for the Aztecs. They they go up to Reno, who was 10-0 and at home. They continued that undefeated streak. The Aztecs lose their first road game um, in, in the division. And so, excuse yeah. me, in the conference. And it was a tough loss. It, 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 the game was tight. It seemed to kind of get away there at the end. As you right know, at the end, yeah, they were up by one with about four minutes to go. So it wasn't wasn't like they got they got blown out. No, nah, it was, but uh, it slipped away there. You know, Nevada they, hit a couple of hoops and they missed a couple of hoops. And next thing you knew, it was over. Yeah, you know, Jared, Jared Lucas uh, was a problem for that guy. Can play. He, I mean, it's normal. I mean, he has a great three point stroke, but it wasn't the three pointers that was was killing. It was. It was getting in the lane, spinning, and like knocking down mid-range jumpers. And Lucas he, is a, he didn't seem a like he missed anything. He's a weapon. Shot nine out of fourteen. Hit seven of eight free throws. I is the big man. Was that Baker? 
Baker had a nice game yeah. in the middle, 19 points and nine rebounds. Uh, Mensa usually has a much better effect, you know, guarding these guys. It wasn't Mensa's best defensive game. I don't know that Mensa was in there enough. He had only played 20 minutes. But Baker, usually you don't see other team seven-footers dominate the Aztecs because Mensa can take them out. They got what he wanted. And, uh, you know, so give Nevada credit. They played a good game last night. Obviously, the Aztecs, you know, the thing that's been concerning me all year long, Tony, has been the inability to get the kind of string together, the kind of stops that they used to. And Nevada shot 65% from the field in the second half and scored 47 points. We're just not used to that happening to the Aztecs. And, you know, they've got about a month or so to try and, you know, turn that defense back up to, you know, as close as they can to what we're used to for San Diego State. Now, having said that, they're still in a really good position. And, yeah. and I, I started – I wanted to talk myself off the ledge because after the game last night, I'm like, oh, I was disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I was disappointed. I'm like, maybe this team just really isn't as good as everybody says it is. Here's the thing. They don't have to be great right now on February 1st. We keep saying that, yeah. We keep saying it. When they have to be great is about March 14th when the NCAA tournament starts. And, you know, I'm pretty sure they're still going to get in, right? They're still in first place. They got Boise State, who they're tied for first place with, coming here on Friday night. So they'll have an immediate chance at, 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 you know, at kind of overturning this loss and going back into control of the conference. So... You know, that's a big game Friday night, but what has happened to the Aztecs in the last 10 years? They've been great in January. They've been greater in February. They've laid an egg in March. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's a look, it's been like six or seven years since they've won an NCAA tournament game. I just have a sneaky suspicion that maybe this will be the, hopefully this will be the opposite. They'll struggle a little bit more than we're used to now. But, you know, they, they hopefully they'll hit their stride right at the right time because I think this team is still capable of playing great defense. Maybe it was just Nevada's great offense. I, I, see, I, I watched the second half of last night's game, and I would say that Nevada hit a bunch of tough shots. Yeah. A, a bunch of tough shots. And and it wasn't Mensa's one of his better defensive games. But you got to give Baker some credit, too. I mean, he, sure. hits, he hits some tough shots. I think the one thing that the Aztecs did is, as that game went was they 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 couldn't play D without fouling. They sent uh, they sent Reno to the line fifteen times, or they shot fifteen free throws in that second half. They only missed one of them. Yeah, and and, and you know when you're putting guys on the line, and on top of that, they're already hitting tough shots. Um, it's hard to get on, stops on the road. That's 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 tough because you you. you Prior to you getting into the bonus, you're playing defense. You're playing especially as hard as you see the Aztecs play. You foul. Now you're playing defense a little bit longer. And all of a sudden, you know, you're fouled enough to where you're putting them on the line, and they're not helping your cause by missing any. They missed one free throw in the second half. So. Um, that and that's a, and, and it's, that place has proven to be tough all season long. That's why they're undefeated there. So yeah. I I will venture to say, at least in last night's game. Nevada hit some tough shots. Better offense beat uh, beat uh, good defense. Yeah, I think uh, here's so. the other thing that lost the Aztecs the game. Eric Curry was one of the referees uh, last I night. I thought I saw him out oh, there. Oh, yeah, he was out there. And, and you know what's interesting? The Aztecs lost three tough conference games last year on the road. Eric Curry refed every single one of them. 
They've only lost one this year on the road, and Eric Curry riffed that one too. I, you know, I, I hate to make it. Is, this, is, to, is Eric Curry what Chris, what uh, was what it? Who was Foster is to Chris Paul in yeah, his career? He's just he's just uh, he's he's a kryptonite to the Aztecs. I, I don't know what it is about this guy. I did watch him pretty closely last night. Don't really think he made any bad no, calls. No, nope. but just his presence. You know, got me in a bad frame of mind for it's a that game, game last night. Yeah, and the Aztecs <laughs> couldn't overcome it. And then, you know, the Nevada fans, I mean, I don't know. You live in Reno, so, you know, I'll give you your moment of joy to storm the court. Hey, but Reno's yellow, the biggest little city in the world. I know what it is. I've been there many times. I know what and it I'm is. I'm going there again <laughs> next week. It's nothing special. I like but, Reno. But for those fans to be yelling, F San Diego. In the uh, late in the second half, I, I didn't thought hear it was that. completely uncalled for. You read Mark Ziegler's story today. Uh, before they stormed the court, the last three four minutes in the game, that was the chant in Reno. And you know, I'm okay. sorry. Try to have right. a little bit of class. I'm gonna I'm gonna file that away for for further notice. I've never been an Alford fan. I'm not gonna say he was leading those cheers. It's not necessarily blaming him, but the culture in uh, in Nevada was a little weak. So I I, I got to throw that out there to you. Uh, you know, if there's any Nevada Reno fans, come on now, that lack class, than that. you can do a little better than that. All right, huh, so, I, I missed that part. Yeah, definitely missed that. Before part. they stormed the court and ran over the media in the front row, Ziegler tweeted out a picture of him getting trampled basically last night by some of the fans who were piling over the press table to get out on the floor and celebrate that victory last night. It was a tough night for Somebody my man Ziegler. Somebody should have caught a forearm shiver my as man, they went over. My I... man Ziegler had, had a tougher tougher evening than usual, mm. So, as did the Aztecs. All right. Uh, can you ever really get enough of 97.3 The Fan? Catch up on anything you missed with Ben and Woods, John Contreras Show, and, of course, Gwen and Chris Podcast right now on the Free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, let's step away, take a break. When we come back, Patrick Saunders, Denver Post. We're talking Dick Monfort. Yes, that guy again. And we're talking some Denver Broncos when we return. Welcome back to Gunner Chris. 2.40 is the time. Chris Hunter. Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, all together in our Odyssey Palace studios on a uh, lovely Wednesday afternoon. Was anybody shuddered awake last night by the sound of something similar to a sonic boom? Did you not hear any? You're in Poway. You're in Carlsbad. So you guys probably didn't hear this, but evidently the military was doing some exercises in uh, right by our house, which is close to this radio station, and uh, first of all, there were helicopters buzzing overhead, so that was that unnerving. would be kind of scary. That was unnerving, and it was followed by three or four of the loudest bomb sounds I've ever heard. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. It happened about ten o'clock last night. I saw all the news stories of this, and it, like I saw a bunch of planes yesterday driving into work doing a lot of formation work. Yeah. And I love it. I wish it's just like a, it's it. a free air show. Every time I drive to work, it's the most amazing thing ever. Okay, but the loud noise is oh. not something that anybody could love. <laughs> it was training. Training? What were they doing? They were setting off ordnance and doing like some of their I don't know the official names Fantastic. of the training. Fantastic. How about a little heads up? They did. They did do that. Uh, you know Where did the heads up go? 
Yeah. yeah I didn't hear it. Into the universe. I'm glad I didn't hear it. That'd be kind of scary. Wake it up was with pretty, helicopters. It was a know. little frightening. Yeah. Must tell I'll you. get some quotes because they are some frightening quotes. All right. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> speaking of frightening, Dick Monford, the owner of the Colorado Rockies, had some things to say about the direction of the Padres and uh, other smaller market teams that like to spend some money. To that end, joining us from uh, Denver is Patrick Saunders. Denver Post sports writer on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Patrick, how are you doing today? Nice to talk with you. I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, Let me just cut right to it. Uh, We obviously are not fans of anything that Dick Monfort had to say about the Padres. Uh, How was that received in Colorado in general from Rockies fans? Well, I think it was overshadowed, guys, by uh, his initial comments at this event last Saturday where uh, he essentially said the Rockies, who we know have been in a slump here for a number of years, uh, had a chance to be uh, a 500 ball club. That went over like a lead balloon. Um, <laughs> so that that was the number one thing most Rockies fans, as far as I could tell, were concerned about. Uh, the pod, the comments he made about the Padres uh, were secondary, uh, but there were some people who were like a little perplexed by that as well. Uh, so first and foremost, people are tired of the Rockies losing. Uh, second, they want Montfort to spend like the Padres. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to. Uh, so that's where it stands right now. Patrick, that's where where I want to go uh, in terms of, of this conversation. The Rockies have kind of been stuck in this area of not being very good, um, and it you know talking to folks around the organization, it, it seems like there's not really a direction in which they want to go. Has there been any clarity in in that in terms of you know? If he's not going to spend Padre level, I understand it. Not all the teams are going to be able to do that. But is there a plan to to get this team back into contention again? I think that's the frustration with the fans and, frankly, with those of us who cover the team. Uh, I think right now this franchise is lacking a direction. Mm. Uh, Their GM, uh, Bill Schmidt, who was their longtime director of scouting, and then he took over for uh, Jeff Bradge a couple years ago, he likes to refer to the Rockies as draft and develop. Well, until recently, their drafts weren't all that good, at least not since they, they've fallen out of the playoff picture. So draft and develop, yet it's curious because then they go out and give Chris Bryant last year the biggest free agent contract in team history. And so people are saying, well, you said draft and develop, and yet you throw all this money at one guy, Chris Bryant, who ends up only playing 42 games because he's injured. And I think that's the biggest question mark. I think that's why people get get angry with the team here, because they look at the Padres and they say, yes, the Padres' ownership has a lot of money. They have deep pockets. But the Padres, from what I understand, their TV contract is less lucrative than the Rockies. Uh, You know, the Padres are drawing well now, but for years they didn't draw as well as the Rockies did, yet the Padres are all in. Yeah. I mean, they're going for it. And the fans want the Rockies, for once, to be all in. And they look at uh, the team in 2017 and 18 that was a playoff team and looked like it was on the verge of maybe being, you know, a legitimate 
contender, and then they just let it disintegrate. And that's, and I tell people this all the time, that's the reason Nolan Arenado wanted out, yeah. the reason Trevor Story left, um, because they didn't see ownership in the front office being aggressive enough or bold enough to be competitive. And you're right, the Rockies lack an identity and a direction right now. Dick Montford also seems to lack a real feel for the situation, Patrick. Patrick Saunders is with us from the uh, the Denver Post talking about the comments made by uh, the ownership there in Colorado. I mean, he says something like, they've got three, maybe four starting pitchers, and then they're sort of like us. Does yeah. anybody in Denver believe that comment either? No, no, no. <laughs> No, you know, I was that was that was a little bit of a head scratcher. And let me just for your listeners, let me put it into concept context. Dick Monford does not talk to the media very often. Hmm. And as a person, I like Dick Monford. He he treats me well, we get along okay. But he was at an event, a baseball fundraising breakfast up in a town north of Denver called Greeley, where he was born and raised. And he made the initial comments about five hundred baseball to the audience. And then he sat down with a few reporters and he gave us almost an hour of his time. And he was asked uh, by another reporter, it wasn't me, he was asked by another reporter, do you feel the pressure uh, from what the Padres are doing in the NOS, spending all this money, et cetera? And that's where he said, well, I don't 100% agree with what the Padres are doing. And then what you mentioned, he said they have three, maybe four starting pitchers, then sort of like us. I think what he was trying to say is the Padres lack depth like the Rockies lack depth well but you got to say at least the Ro- the Padres have Musgrave and Snell and Darvish <laughs> right. and some prospects up there guys the Rockies are looking to find anybody outside of their top two who both are coming up down seasons so it's kind of nonsensical to tell you the truth Patrick Saunders joins us here Denver Post on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline and Patrick I want to shift gears uh, obviously the other big news out that way is, is Sean Payton becoming the head coach uh, for the Denver Broncos. Uh, first, was was this the first choice of the organization um, for for this opening that they had at the head coaching position? You know what? That's a muddled picture right now, and I think it depends on who you talk to. I think we'll find out more when they make the official announcement with Payton. Uh, you know, some people say that Payton's was the guy all along because the the Broncos management and ownership believes that the Peyton can fix uh, quarterback Russell Wilson. Others were saying they thought the D coordinator from the Niners who ended up going to the Texans mm. was the best fit overall. Uh, it's just, it, it is kind of messy. Um, Broncos nation, I can tell you, and as you guys probably know, you've been through Colorado enough. I mean, Broncos Nation is everything yeah, here. Yeah. Right? It's, it's everything. The, the Rockies are so down, far down on the totem pole, you can hardly see them compared to the Broncos. But um, I think there's some concerns with Peyton from some hardcore fans who think that, uh, yeah, he was good, but he wasn't as good as he should have been given the talent down in New Orleans. And if that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, but I would say right now, Broncos Nation's kind of jaded, uh, and a lot of it is now, you know, show me what you got time. Because right. when Russell Wilson wrote in and 
said, let's ride last year. And they had a new coach. Everybody was all excited. And then it just went to the crapper, if I can say that on radio. Um, and so pe- people are pretty skeptical right now. Patrick, uh, you talked about the Broncos. What is their new ownership like there? I mean, ever since uh, Bolin passed on and, uh, you know, this whole franchise has made the uh, made the changeover, uh, it hasn't been the same Denver Broncos that we're used to. Is this ownership finding its way, and what do the fans feel about that ownership in Denver with the Broncos? Well, I think, uh, uh, you know, it, it has connections, of course, to the Walmart fortune. So there's deep pockets there, and everybody loves that. Uh, What they're waiting to see is how involved and how committed and how passionate this ownership is going to be compared to the way Pat Bolin was. Because when Pat was alive, and I used to cover the the Broncos back in the day when Elway was winning Super Bowls, et cetera, uh, you know, Pat Bolin was, he was hands-on behind the scenes, if that makes sense. And he had so much respect from people in the building and the players and the staff because they knew he would do anything to make this team a winner. And it wasn't about red tape and bureaucracy. These players felt like if they had a legitimate concern uh, that Pat Bolin genuinely cared about them. And Broncos from that era, they have a number of Hall of Famers, and every single one of them, would go out of their way to praise Pat Bowen because he was so instrumental. So now it feels more corporate than Pat Bowen was like. Now, does that change? I don't know. This new ownership has been kind of in the background. Pat Bowen was not a in the background guy. He let his coaches do his thing, but he was a very involved owner. And I think it remains to be seen if this new ownership group is going to be like Pat Bolin, or is it going to? I mean, we don't want to be Jerry Jones, of course, but um, <laughs> right. Well, at least I wouldn't think. But uh, or is it going to be just total money background corporate stuff? I think that remains to be seen. Patrick Saunders from the Denver Post. We appreciate the time. Uh, just uh, on our way out, uh, just please remind uh, Mr. Monfort that the uh, Rockies do open their season in San Diego this year. So <laughs> right. the Padres will get the first crack at them. And uh, I don't know if it's bulletin board material to the Padres, but it seems like it's a little bulletin board material to us here in San Diego. Well, and can I add one more quick thing? Sure. And this is my own personal opinion, and it's not a reflection necessarily on Dick Monfort, but I think Dick may have missed the boat because on this a little bit because what he didn't say, uh, for my money, last year, but particularly going forward, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more entertaining ball club than the San Diego Padres. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, to watch on a daily basis, to watch that lineup and the speed and the power and everything they've got going for them and the way the fans have reacted to Petco the last couple of years, Man, it, it, it doesn't get much better than that. And I got to be bluntly honest, I covered the Rockies for a long time, and last season was probably the most boring season I've mm. ever covered yeah. of this team. So there's a wide gulf between the talent of the two franchises right now and also the, the entertainment value of the two teams. Yeah. Well, the owner thinks that their uh, Rockies are sort of like uh, the Padres. So, <laughs> Patrick, take that for what it's worth. Have Thank a good you, Patrick. Season. Okay, Say guys. hi to our buddy okay, Bud guys. Black, too, because we still love I, him. Uh, everybody loves Bud Black, and I mean that sincerely. He is the best.
He is terrific. Thanks so much, Patrick. Appreciate the time. Okay, guys. All right, there he goes, Patrick Saunders from the uh, Denver Post. Joining us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline, save money the right way with the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. You know what's interesting? The the irony to this whole situation that Dick Montfort has has created is if he took the same template in Denver with the passionate base that they have, the results would be – They'd go crazy. They'd go crazy. Dude, they were going crazy. I've, I've played in that stadium when they had Tulo and Helton. I mean, and those guys are terrific players. They've never put together a roster like the Padres had. And that place was one of the loudest places you'll ever play in Major League Baseball when you put something in front of them that they enjoy to watch. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great sports fan in Denver. That's for sure. No doubt. Denver is a sports fan. In general, we can dislike a lot of things about uh, the Rocky Mountains, but uh, I, I, I sometimes wish our sports fan base in as a whole was equal to that of Denver because they, they support their teams like All nobody else there. Avalanche, Nuggets, yeah, I mean, across the spectrum. There. Yeah, they do. So a uh, Denver sports fan is a great sports fan, but right now they don't have a whole lot to cheer about when it comes to their major league baseball team uh, good to talk with patrick saunders that's interesting that you know you know i mean he he to me he tries to he he at least was able to give us a little put this all in perspective, perspective yeah rather than the tmz part of what you know dick monford said and and what everybody's responding to but when he puts it in perspective it still kind of ticks me off. It only crystallizes it a yeah, little bit, it just, right? <laughs> it still ticks me off. The thing, the, the the funny part, the thing that stood out to me was when he said, you know, Dick doesn't talk to the media. Well, it's pretty clear why he doesn't talk to the media yeah, as much. If I was his press agent, I, I wouldn't let him talk to the if media I'm not, either. If I'm not mistaken, the last time we heard from him, he had the comments about, um, I think it was Arenado's situation and, and wanting to not spend all that kind of money. Yeah. It just seems like every time he, he talks, it, it doesn't end well for him. Yeah. I don't want to win. That is going <laughs> to go on the uh, on the ledger of Dick Monfort there in Colorado. All right. Uh, speaking of winning, Daily Gambit's coming up to kick off the 3 o'clock hour. Stick around. We're going to Chris on the way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 